0: Sox fans, welcome into the Sox on Tap podcast presented by OnTap Sportsnet. It's Johnny Nani here alongside Sox Insane after a White Sox loss. Can you imagine that? After another White Sox loss, we're here talking about this team. Man, it's brutal. Besnick, how are you surviving through this? That's what I need to know. Uh, apathy has set in. Uh, I am you know, a little
1: bit mad, but mostly apathetic. These guys are laughable, embarrassing losers. I could go on.
0: Right. I think that's all good terminology to describe it. And, you know, it sucks because I think apathy set in a lot last year and we heard that term, but that was more so, I would say from kind of like the summer months, like June to August is when it really started getting bad. You saw the sell the team signs come out in August, um, all of that. But, the fact that we're here this early is so incredibly bad, um, especially when I think everyone thought there was going to be maybe a little bit of a refresh. That's the best word I could use to describe it. Maybe they wouldn't go out and be world beaters, but a little bit of a refresh. I think the Tony Lurisa La stuff last year was obviously um, a, a drag, uh, that whole saga, the way that played out. And, and there's a lot of, you know, um, it's a word I, I don't know, just I don't know, it, kind of laziness surrounding that. Um, whereas you, you thought maybe a little more pep in the step, that's been the complete opposite case this year, and they have just trended even worse. Um, seven game losing streak, you're seven and 18 overall, and I mean, it, it's like bottom three in baseball, bad. It's horrendous. It's
1: bottom three in baseball. We're the one of only three teams in Major League Baseball that haven't signed a player to a $100 million plus contract that came out. Our GM comes out with um, some ridiculous stuff about accountability. And uh, our guy NWIC sounded off about that yesterday on the podcast. Um, I, you know, I agree with a lot of that. These players are not being held accountable. Um, It's it's just bad. It's bad at every level of the organization and there does not look to be uh, a light at the end of the tunnel so we're in bad shape we're in bad shape johnny (laughs)
0: Yeah, we're down bad. and A lot of these players are down bad, too. We're going to get to some of these comments here um, about that. And then just talking about the, um, you know, because obviously a loss always sucks, no matter what. But the manner in which you lose and the lifeless effort that you go and see um, needs to be addressed here. I know we've talked about it some here, but uh, yeah, there you go. You're going to need that one. Uh, Crack them. All right. uh, Before we get into it completely, listeners, make sure. Go subscribe on tap sports net on YouTube, like press the alert button. So, you know, uh, when we go live, uh, join these podcasts in the YouTube comments, we'll feature them up here. Uh, share your frustration along with us. Uh love to have a venting session. Uh, that's kind of more what this has turned into. Then I was hoping to recap some games more. so uh, some excitement, but you know, we are where we are. So uh, we, we got to <laughs> miss fun. Exactly. Stuff like that. Uh, I miss fun. That's something I think fun escaped. Uh, over uh, probably two weeks ago i think that's <laughs> it's been that long so um all right buzzing like, on this game specifically here you go out and it's trying to salvage just one game of this road trip one game of this series um and early on some okay at bats at least look better than the the slop that that was there last night in the back half of the monday game as well but then you get punched in the mouth a little bit in the third inning. A, you don't have a killer instinct with Michael Kopech on the mound, and he let it slip. Two out, it plunked Springer. The Blue Jays are able to scratch across three runs, and then the air completely got sucked out of this team, and the finish to it was absolutely horrendous. I know you wrote the recap. I'm sure you have some figures for me, some disgusting figures to share with me. Um, go, go ahead and tear it out here.
1: Yeah, I mean, Michael Kopech, those first two innings looked pretty strong. All he gave up was a single two outs in the third inning, and um, he plunked a batter um, uh, off the top of my head. I don't remember who he plunked, but after that, the wheel started to fall off. I don't know if that got to him mentally. That's what it looked like because he's shrugging his shoulders. He's throwing his arms up in the air. Every time the Blue Jays made hard contact, and this is a tough lineup. He he had a, a two-picks pitch mix of a fastball and a slider for most of that game until the fifth inning, fourth and fifth, where he started mixing in the curveball and the changeup, which the changeup I heard so much about all offseason and how much that was going to turn him around. And I think he threw one of them for strikes. So um, you know, the mentality there is, you know, lacking where he can't hold it down. And three runs cross the plate with two outs, which we've seen happen to Lance Lynn a handful of times this year. Uh, the at-bats were, like you said, they were solid until they weren't. And then they score those three runs. And like Sebby Sapalo said at the end of the game today, they just curl up into a ball. We've seen that way too many times.
0: It's it was absolutely brutal. And then you go and look at the um, I believe it was penals that shared it out and the drop down of the at bats towards the end of the game. And it was the last 11 played appearances, all but one strikeouts. I think yeah. that was it. And it was an Elvis Andrews ground out. Um, <laughs> that's uh, just tells you how, feels you know, checked out these guys are. I know that you're missing a couple of guys here, but my good God even the meat of the lineup that you struck out three times, Robert, who is down extremely horrendous right now struck out three times again. He looked like he wanted to cry post game.
1: Yeah. He's looked horrendous at the plate. He's completely lost. I don't know what's happened to that guy. He got off to a hot start and he was looking like, you know, he was going to put something together this year for the first time. The defense is still there. Luckily. I know they, they had a couple of near collisions yesterday, but you know, he's robbed a few home runs and it looks great. It looks great in the field. So he's not taking his struggles there, but the struggles at the plate are horrendous. You know a lot has been made about him batting a leadoff. I shared some stats on Twitter earlier today about him being like four for 42 in his last you know, uh however many games that is. And they replaced him with Elvis Andrews, who's not much better. So this whole lineup is slumping and and there's no relief in sight. I don't know how they turn this around.
0: Yeah, um, dude, the, the Luis Robert stuff it just hurts my soul because there, <laughs> you you saw just the the slightest like little bit of flash a couple weeks ago, right? And you're like, man, this could be some power. You two home runs in a game at Pittsburgh, and you're like, all right, this is more like the Luis Robert that we expected, and to see him. that bad and chase that bad um and dude the one time he actually does make hard contact i'd be remiss if i didn't mention this in the first inning uh smokes a ball off kikuchi to right field and it hits off the wall but then he's going into second base and i think he would have been safe if he stayed on but of course he slides over the bag um, and then it's tagged out and look, that's another thing that I know they still had some okay played, not him specifically, but some the other guys still had some, okay, you know, uh, played appearances after, but that in itself, when it happens that early, I know like yesterday, this struck out three times in the first inning. you know, set a terrible tone for the game. This is another one of those, you know, deflating moments. And it happened so early in the game that, um, I mean, I, I feel for the guy. I do feel bad for him. But at the same time, you're pro. It's <laughs> all like some discourse that, oh, can you blame him for not wanting show? Yeah. Yeah, you can blame him. You're fucking yeah, pro. 100%. Go out there and do a job, right? Right. right. And, you know, the, the thing
1: about that play is he's had trouble sliding. We've seen this as an issue with him before where he could have used his arm to cradle the bag. I know he's coming in pretty hot trying to leg that out. He crushed that ball and just misses a homer by a couple of feet. But you don't stay on the bag, and you get tagged out because you didn't slide correctly or find some type of creative slide to do so. And you know what? That whole play is very indicative or a microcosm of the way this whole White Sox season has gone. Not just the fact that he got tagged out, but you look at the Toronto Blue Jays, a team that made the playoffs last year, that looks like a real perennial contender. They play in the AL East, one of the toughest divisions in baseball. And on that play, it exemplified what it looks like to be a winning baseball team. He crushes this ball to right field, misses a home run by just a couple of feet. And what does the outfielder do? He pulls up. He's like, this is either gonna be gone or this is coming off the wall. It comes off the wall, he fields it cleanly, he fires a fucking strike to second base on a one-hop. Bichette fields it cleanly and he puts the tag down and he holds the tag on him while he slides off the base. This is winning baseball. This is what we expected from the Chicago White Sox that we're not getting. That's where they need to be and that is not where they aren't. So that's the fucking accountability that I wanna see.
0: Right, yeah, and obviously accountability is a buzzword right now uh, within White Sox fandom, and, and, you know, rightfully so, because (laughs) – Ken Williams says there's not an accountability problem. Uh, yeah, do you got a comment here? Yeah, thanks, uh, Robbie, for that one. Uh, yeah, people forget that accountability is not a problem in the White Sox organization, right? That's what we're talking about here. And once again, Steve had that rant yesterday. Go, go and check out the uh, show from yesterday that Tony and Steve had, because that was fresh off uh, the comments there. But man, <laughs> uh, it's stuff like that, and it also, you know, kind of chaps my ass that Pedro Grifol had like talked about, you know, extensive attention to detail, and this is supposed to be a character trait of this guy, right? And it's. Supposed to be trickling down well lance lynn are the system issues getting in the way of figuring out the details of the game i want to know because there has not been much of that at all and played any clean crisp baseball maybe aside from two games i could probably count out two games that they've actually played some crisp baseball um right. and that goes back to the accountability thing there um it's all throughout the organization though Pesnick it's not just you know one player one right. coach one executive i think it's a Every shared level. right it's it's a shared blame there and it's dude it's it's honestly hurts my soul to, to be talking about this because you know what we can go and sit here and rant, and we're going to sit here and <laughs> discuss these problems but at the end of the day where does the change have to come from the very very top right and we the know the, we, we know the likelihood of that <laughs>
1: Right, exactly. So the change has to come from the top, but Jerry's not selling. Don't hold your breath. Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn are not getting fired this week. Don't hold your breath. But the thing that I want to see is these players held accountable. I want to see, honestly, at this point, I want to shake up. I want to see somebody get traded. These guys, you look at those last 11 of plate appearances, 10 strikeouts, in 11 plate appearances, 17 strikeouts in the game, 33 strikeouts in the series, two runs, 11 hits, one double, 10 singles. We didn't hit the ball out of the ballpark once. Who, where is this? The accountability needs to be on the players at this point. All the good vibes of Pedro Grifols hiring, spring training. They said all the right things. And here we are three weeks into the season and Pedro Grifols run out of coach speak
0: he doesn't know what to say yeah like you said I think you you said it in our chat you said i almost feel bad for the guy at this point because like there is honestly nothing more uh that he can say but um at the same time i go and look at that situation and it's like okay um is he not going full press on these guys because he doesn't want to lose the locker room not even a month into the season not even a month into his first big league managing gig um that these are all things that i've said it Hundred times on the show. And I wish I could be a fly on the wall um, because I would love to know what goes on behind the scenes there. Unfortunately, that capability um, is not possible. Um, so we, <laughs> all we can do is judge by the yeah. external appearance, by what we see on the field, by the body language we see in the dugout, by what they say after the game, and, and what's recorded, and what's written, what's reported. Um, and it's all, all just a cesspool of suck right now.
1: Right. And now we're coming home, which is always nice to see. Always nice to be at the ballpark. I don't go to many games anymore, just because of my schedule, but it's nice to be there. The product on the field is horrendous and we're playing the best team in baseball, who is 20 and four coming into this game. It's gonna be another tough series.
0: Yeah, swept, swept us last weekend. The Tampa Bay Rays coming into town for four, not just three for four. Um, for and four. you know what that you know what that means. The start of a homestand, Besnick, and that get brings us to the title of this episode. Is that Rick Hahn will most likely speak to the media before oh boy. the start of Thursday's game? So if you thought the Ken Williams stuff, you know, it, it was bad enough, that was just the appetizer. We're just getting warmed up here. Rick Khan's going to bring you the main course uh, in a very warriorly fashion, of course. Um, but th- that's coming on Thursday. And the platitudes that are going to be spewed out, Resnick, um, it's only going to further enrage this fan base.
1: Absolutely. Um, everybody's still mad. More and more people are growing apathetic. This stadium is going to be empty by the end of the season if the season keeps going the way it is. I do, in fact, think that they're going to play better at some point, but you've already dug yourselves into a hole where you're 11 games below 500, even if they start playing well. You got a long way to go to make that up. I don't see that happening. So with Rick Hahn coming out, it's just going to put more fuel on the fire. You're not going to get any straight answers. You're going to get a whole lot of lawyerly speak that means very little. He's kind of a master at doing that too at you know speaking a lot and saying just absolutely nothing so um he'll probably echo a lot of kenny's statements because that's what they do and yeah steve yeah i would love to see some heads roll down 35th street but we all know it's not going to happen if it if it happens it'll happen in the off season and Rick will get Kenny's job and Chris Getz will get Rick's job and Kenny Williams, son will get Chris Getz's job. So this is a mom and pop shop organization, baby. We just hire friends and family.
0: <laughs> that's, yeah, that, that's that's where we're at. Um, that's why I think you, you put it well. Dude, don't hold your breath. Jerry's not selling the team, you know, and all those things that you just mentioned there, um, dude, it's, <laughs> Just open mouth, say words. That's, that's the Rick on uh press conference preview there in a nutshell, dude. Uh, I I'm, I'm not looking forward to it because you know what the thing is I, I go and I see and I interact with, you know, fans of this team on Twitter. And I think we all, you know, it, it goes back to a comment that we had earlier. I miss fun. We all want to have fun. We all want to enjoy this team, but there is something that I said a couple of episodes ago, and that any positive that they do any good that they do going forward can't even genuinely be celebrated because they have already dug this hole so deep. And that's what really pisses me off because it's going to be a summer of just bitterness instead of, you know, maybe the roller coaster. I, I like riding the roller right. coaster because it brings you some highs and sure the lows suck after when it comes off, but man, we're not even going to have that. It's just going to be baseline and shit. Who knows? Maybe we might just drop that thing off and open up the crater into hell.
1: They might, they might be forced to at this point. And you know, it's uh, on my part, I I really did think this season was going to go a little differently, especially in the early going here. When we had that four game series to start the season in Houston, we played well, we showed some fight, we pitched well, we took two of four, they've been scuffling a little bit, but they're starting to turn things around. And I really did think this was going to be different. And now I'm looking at this. And maybe this is a bit of a tinfoil hat theory. It's seeming less and less likely that it's a tinfoil hat theory that Pedro Grafaule was hired to do a rebuild and he was brought in for that reason. And this is looking like it. You look at this roster and it's actually sneaky old. You've got Hendricks, 35, Lance Lynn, 35. You've got Kendall Graveman, Joe Kelly. Even Tim Anderson is going to be on the wrong side of 30 pretty soon. You know, Hanser Alberto, Elvis Andrews, all these veterans that are just at the end of their career, just trying to latch on somewhere. And then to top that off, you have all this inexperience in the dugout on the field with Oscar Colas and Lennon Sosa and Romy Gonzalez, all these guys that, you know, they have potential, but they're not helping right now. And I was sold that they were going to try to compete this year, but they're not. This is looking, you know, I've got rebuild 3.0 as my, uh, as my moniker here. So, um, that's what this is looking like. I do will go back and say that they will play better at some point. And to your point, um, those wins will be hollow right? Because right. you know, they're not going to make a difference. Yeah. And that's the, the hardest pill to swallow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, man where we're at right now. I think that like you said, tinfoil hat time there, maybe not so tinfoil. Maybe, maybe we're actually getting to, you know, something scratching the surface of that there. Um, I think it'll be telling, you know, what happens direction of this team. But when you go and talk about it, like your name there, I see rebuild 3.0 and this has been said many a time and they, it's all been, You know, it's been spread so wide because it's true that I don't trust no White Sox fan trusts anyone in the organization to have their fingerprints on any of this at all. So people talk about that, and it's easy to say after a game, blow it up, blow it up. This is you know, this is what you got to do. I I don't want to go through and have the same management overseeing another rebuild. They get a third chance? Fuck that! I'm not on board with that.
1: Not at all, and, you know, that's what they do. They just kind of throw it together and hope for the best. They don't – They despite saying things like accountability and attention to detail, they don't do those things. They just kind of throw together a bunch of prospects and hope that – hope for the best, hope that this all comes together, and, um, and you know, they just don't go about things the right way. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough season. It might even be a tough next season, which is, uh, which is even – Um, you know, another difficult pill to swallow.
0: All right, we, we got one question in here, and, and it comes from Facebook. Um, Dave Bennett asks, who do we trade as a statement? That's something that, you know, you, you talked about, about maybe, like, shake up, something like that in here. Um, and I think we can tie it in. Sebi Zavala's comments, he says, um, after the game. You know, he, he was frustrated, obviously, but he says, uh, we have to, find a start, have to find a way to start winning. Can't curl up in a ball. Um, if you curl up in a ball, you leave our locker room. Do we see a trade? If you do, who would you trade as a statement? As a statement? and it's tough because he's
1: hurt right now and he's been a two-time all-star and he's been a batting champion but the whole hashtag change the game marketing slogan behind this whole rebuild was because of tim anderson and it's not to any fault of tim's but that is the guy you trade you have to move on from all these players you have to move on from this core and he's kind of at the center of it now that Jose Abreu is gone. He's that guy. This might be a little unfair. This whole rant might age uh, not well. But that is the guy who who I think about, not just because of all the things I sa- I just said, but also he's going to be somebody who will give you some value in a trade that other teams will actually want versus yeah. a lot of these guys that <laughs> – <laughs> are there making a lot of money and don't produce right so, I was... t- so tim is that statement trade that we're going in a different direction
0: right yeah it's a good answer there and I, I like the kind of way that you described that there because i thought at the end of your bit there i was thinking the exact same thing does anybody even want any of these players and the only ones i can think of right now top of my head would be tim anderson as you mentioned and dylan sees but right you know, that's the, the that's where we're at so right speaking of dylan cease we roll on we're almost out of here this episode of socks on tap we appreciate everyone tuning in uh let's just look ahead weekend once again uh damp very coming in for four and that a four mentioned dylan cease will be on the mound um against shane mcclanhan a little rematch of last weekend here that's nick um you know people you go go ahead and mock me you, make the jokes all you want i'll be out at the ballpark tomorrow but i may have some jokes of myself there um to more to come. Sox on tap Twitter account. However, um McClanahan versus Cease is still a good pitching matchup, regardless of the absolute slop in the dugout along the third baseline.
1: Yeah, they had a good – I mean, Cease had a rough outing. He only lasted four innings. It was the first time in his last 24 starts that he only lasted – um that he, that he didn't make it through five innings. The Rays are a tough lineup. Anybody on that lineup, one through nine, can take you deep. You've got to be careful. Um, pitching through that lineup. So hopefully, you know, you know, uh, hopefully that sharpens up Cease for this next outing and he has a nice bounce back. But McClanahan's tough and this team is struggling bad. So I expect, you know, a great pitcher's duel and a low scoring game. We, that's one of many winnable games this year was that one. That was the one where a Rosa Arena walked it off in extra innings where, um, a couple of other uh, curious decisions by Pedro Grifol happened. So hopefully a better outcome, but it'll be a great game. And, and you know, I, I would never, you know, people who want to go to the ballpark, go to the ballpark. It's fun. It's always a good time to see your friends, have a couple of beers, sit out in the sun, even if the product on the field sucks.
0: So right. um, did a lot in 2018. It, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> granted, it's <laughs> different. Well, or a different point uh, in this timeline, right? Right. you know, whatever failed rebuild 2.0 here. Uh, but uh, one more thing that I've got is please, for the love of God, can we just have some better plate appearances, maybe some excitement beyond just singles? I know it's not going to change overnight and there is a lot of issues with just the profiles of these guys and how they are, but my God, can we please just have some excitement, something that I can <laughs> put my hands together and actually clap about for the White How about Sox a home run? on offense. That would be amazing. How about a home run? Right, and dude, it sucks that we are at that point of like having to say that. But my god, if I saw that offensive showing there that we just saw over the last two games in Toronto, shit, even the back half of that uh, first game of the series too, that was bad too. Yeah. But if I see that tomorrow, man, it'll it'll be an early it'll be an early night. I'll pack it in as soon as see some Glenn Hanner out of the game. Yeah.
1: Nothing wrong with that, but enjoy yourself. It'll be a good game, I think. Uh hopefully we can come out on top. We just, you know, at, at this point we talk about we haven't won a series, we haven't won back to back games. I will just take just ending this winning losing streak because yeah. we're at seven. We had an eight green losing streak at this time of the year last year. Um, this sucks living through this again.
0: So how about we just end the losing streak? Is that too much to ask? Right. The summoning baseball gods, please. We've been through enough. Can we please end a losing streak here? That, that's what we're hoping for here at Sox on Tap. We appreciate everyone tuning in here. Uh, make sure you go and subscribe on YouTube, Sports Net so you don't miss a show. Um, go and check out our social medias, at Sox on Tap and at Sports Net. And that'll about do it for this edition. Uh, that was the Rick Hahn press conference preview. Get ready for the Warrior Speak word salad. It's coming when the White Sox return home against the Tampa Bay Rays. Besnick, until next time, White Sox forever. White Sox forever.